You're listening to the Life Center Church Podcast. It's the other steps of the week. 
got to deal with. Amen? You know, just because a young person graduates from college and, and earns a diploma and, and, and it has a diploma in his hands, the business world does not make them CEOs at, at, right after graduation, does, do they? But yet in the religious world, sometimes we make mistakes, and I can point to the several in, in, in recent months that they put them in charge as soon as they graduated from college or seminary, and they put them in charge of a church, and the church does not take off like they believe it should. The business world is sometimes much smarter than churches, and, and you would think they would think of such things. Believe me, uh, before you uh, hire a contractor, you want to make sure that they are licensed and everything else, don't you? This is the same that is uh, uh, the thing with doctors. You want a skilled doctor, a mature doctor. You, uh, how about nurses and plumbers and electricians? You don't want somebody who's just starting, do you? Why do the, the, the world require this? Because the things that people do often affect people's lives greatly. And so we need to understand that. So Paul had wisdom. So when the young man, uh, when, so when the young man was called into ministry, he would take them under his wing, care for them, encourage them, love them, and sometimes kick them in the backside. Because sometimes you have to, don't you? Right? And so uh, many pastors would be would like to help the young pastors. But often Christians who mean well literally destroy the lives of young ministers and, and, and before they even get started. For example, a pastor might take a young, past, uh, young pastor under his watch and care and train him. As time goes on, the pastor will give him opportunities to preach. And once he preaches a few times and si uh, shows signs of progress, a lot of well-meaning Christians will come up to that young minister and give him all kinds of uh, words about an outstanding job and wonderful word you gave. And that's a great thing because we got good preachers on the staff, and, and that's a wonderful thing. But but we got to be careful about all those pet, those those comments because you know what uh, we got to treat them like chewing gum. Chew on them, but don't swallow them. Did you hear that? Chew on them, but don't swallow them. You see, because if we swallow all those compliments, we get a big head, and we get a big head and launch into ministry, we're going to be in trouble before we get down the road very long. If we start believing our own preaching, and I tell you what, when you stand in front of people, and when you got the Bible opened up in front of you, and when you have to do this every single week, I tell you, it humbles you. It humbles you. And you got to be aware of that. So Paul took Timothy and Titus under his wings, and, and he kept them on a tight rein. And, and these young men were submissive to his leadership. And let's begin again at verse 5. He says, I left you on the island of Crete so you could complete our work, our work there, and appoint elders in each town as I instructed you. Notice these words, let us know. Let us know that Paul was in charge when he said, I left you. You didn't go on your own. You didn't start it off. This is this. I left you in, in Crete. In other words, it was his decision. He was still in charge. But if you remember from the previous message in this series that Pastor Michael started, that the Cretans were, were a scum of the earth. They're not good people. If you wanted to insult someone, you called them a Cretan. You know, and that's bad words. Those were fighting words because everybody knew what kind of people they were. And so uh, Paul, Paul leaves the, the Titus in Crete 
so here's the two reasons. Number one, appoint elders. Appoint elders. But he wanted to let this young minister know that he was not to obtain, uh, ordain just anyone. You know, there's a lot of people who say, oh, I'll do it, I'll do it, but they're not ready for the ministry, nor are they called to the ministry. And so uh, a person must be, uh, a person who be an elder must be a person who meets biblical requirements. It's important. It's amazing how many churches today that call themselves Bible-preaching churches will ordain anyone that will step up to the plate. As we were in Japan, we ran across some missionaries and, and, and some other missionaries from other organizations that happened to attend the church, a service that we were there, and good people, wonderful people, but most of them are not even credentialed ministers. Not from the Assembly of God, from another organization, and I'm just wondering how far will they go if they haven't even gone through the process of becoming ministers something for them to find out, I guess, but but uh, they were there, and uh, God, God help them, God help them. It's amazing how many churches today call themselves Bible-preaching churches, but they'll ordain anyone who will step up to the plate, I mean anyone. Today, some churches ordain those people that don't meet the standards of the Scripture, and we have to be careful about that. Look at the instructions that, that Paul, Paul gives to this young minister, starting in verse 6, where he's, he begins. He says, an elder must live a blameless life. He must be faithful to his wife, and his children must be believers who don't have a reputation for being wild or rebellious. And An elder is a manager of God's household, so he must live a blameless life. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. He must not be a heavy drinker, violent, or dishonest with money. He wanted this young minister to know that he was to have biblical standards here. Uh, the verses told Titus who was qualified. Not everyone's qualified to be ordained into the ministry. Verse 6 alone sets a standard for ordaining a person that does not adhere to a biblical standard of marriage as, in, as a minister of the gospel. Because the command is that he must be a husband of one wife. Did you hear that? There are organizations in our world today that don't adhere to that at all. At all. But a husband of one wife. In our society, it, it, it's, it's, it's up for debate, it would seem. But not in the church of the living God. These are simple instructions. Anybody could read it. It's black and white. It's husband of one wife. But many churches today are disobeying this passage of Scripture, not because they do not understand the Scripture, but because God's Word does not govern their lives like it should. If we're going to be godly people, we have to understand this is it. This is the Word of God. The Word of God. We must obey and live by the Word of God. Paul is saying to the Titans, this is why I left you on the island of Crete. Paul talked to them about ordaining these ministers, and he also said that there was something that needed to be set in order. What would that be? He has ordained uh, some ministers, but he is also there to expel some ministers. And it would be good in our world today if some of the ministers that have loud voices 
would be expelled, don't you think? Here we are, uh, verse 13. This is true. So we reprimand them sternly to make them strong in the faith. They must stop listening to Jewish myths and the commands of people who have turned away from the truth. Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and their consciences are corrupted. Such people claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. They're detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. What Paul is saying here to Titus to this point is this. There are some ministers who need to get into the pulpit, and there are some that need to get out of the pulpit. Who are these ministers the Titus is going to get rid of? Verses 10 and 11 tell us again. He says, for, those that, for there are many rebellious people who engage in useless talk and deceive others. This is especially true of those who insist on circumcision for salvation. Let me just pause right there. If you add anything to Jesus, it's not Christianity. Matter of fact, one of the, the, the wrong teachings in the church in Japan, and it is even in our world today, is you're not saved unless you get saved and get baptized. Let me hear that, Pastor. They say you're not truly saved unless you are baptized in water. My friends, you get saved as a proclamation of your salvation, but it doesn't save you anymore because you get saved. I'm just here to tell you that if you add anything to your salvation other than Jesus Christ, it's not the salvation of the Word of God. Amen? We need to understand, we need to preach that loud and clear because so many people want to put so many traditions and other things in it, and it comes down to really simple facts. Trust Jesus. Believe Jesus. And he will get you where you need to go. They must be silenced because they are turning whole families away from the truth by their false teachings, and they do it only for money. Notice that. Why is Paul so firm up against these false teachers? In verse 11, in his entirety, he's telling them, he's saying this, they're turning whole families away from the truth. I don't know about you, but uh, God, God help anyone who turns a family away from the truth. One of the sad things in our nation is that no matter where you go, you find Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons going from door to door peddling their, 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 their thoughts and ideas. And many times the reason they're doing this is because perhaps 20, 55, or 50 years ago, somebody went to their grandparents and won them over to this, this, these deceptive and evil ways. And generation after generation have been deceived by these ungodly religions, and they're so far away from the Lord that, that they can't see the truth anymore. Why do these ministers do this? Many times because it's of money. That's what verse 11 tells us. The Bible says because of money. Make no mistake about it. Today, some of the richest men on the earth happen to be ministers. How can that be? How can that be? It, it shouldn't be. Not that we shouldn't make a good living, but the fact is there's some that are making much more than their their, 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 their congregation. 
some on, on TV, some on, on the radio, some people that speak loud and clear, and yet they're, they're, they're only doing it for money. For the love, and, and 1 Timothy 6.10 tells us this very truth, that for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. We must remember that Paul left Titus to deal with the Cretans who were drunkards, who were violent, who were dishonest with money. And so it's very clear. They make sure they understand this. That it's not about money. You get to share the word of God because you love God and you love people. You're called by the Lord to bring his word forth to the people of God. Verse 12 goes on to say, Even one of their own men, a prophet from Crete, had said about them, the people of Crete are all liars, cruel animals, and lazy gluttons. Paul is telling Titus and these men, when they stand before God, the people of God, they're going to tell them one lie after another lie. They must be stopped. Verse 12 tells us three reasons. Because they're liars, cruel animals, and that is like a beast. They're savagely attacking the church, trying to consume them with a false teaching. And my friends, in our world today, that's happening. There's churches being built because all because someone has power, getting money from the people, and, and, and the people are going to go to hell because of the false teachings that are coming from the pulpits. But Paul says to Titus in verse 13, reprimand them sternly. A good, quick Stiff kick in the backside might help. Paul knew that Titus was a young man. He was also knew that young uh, men might have, uh, have to have courage to stand up against these false teachers. Because some of them were a little older than him. Some of them had more, 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 more uh, 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 seemingly uh, time in the pulpit. But they were teaching the wrong things. They were adding something else to the simple gospel. And as a result, this young preacher is going to have to stand up against him. I can tell you this, it doesn't matter who you are in the ministry, you better have courage. Because sometimes you have to say something from the Word of God that, that people just don't want to hear. But it is the Word of God. And so Timothy was going to have to stand up against these people who might have a large following, but say, you're preaching the wrong way, not according to the will of the Lord. We have churches that are doing everything uh, that the lost world does because they feel that's the way we're going to reach people for Christ. Not just churches, but people that claim to be Christ followers are compromising their faith in order to, they would say, to be accepted and not offend anyone. My friends, the gospel will cause you to be separated from friends and family. I, I can tell you right off, you talk to the Japanese people, and I'm sharing a little bit more next week, but they have, they, when they become a Christian, it's serious business because they're disowned from their family. They, they, they have generations who have stood up and, 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 and uh, honored their dead uh, relatives, and they really believe that if you come, become a Christian, you can, can, don't do that anymore, and you're dishonoring all those relatives before them. And as a result, it's hard for them to come to Jesus. But we have to stand for the truth. Amen. We live in a world where everything seems to go. There's some churches that are ordaining 
people that should never be ordained. And you know who I'm talking about as far as what they're ordaining in pulpits today. And they should, should, we need to take a stand. False teaching sticks out its ugly head up, and we need to take a stand according to the word of God. Thus saith the Lord. Amen? There was a time you could hear Bible preachers warning people about false religions, but you don't hear that anymore. Everybody's accepted. Everybody's, you know, just however you accept it, we're all praising Jesus together. My friends, you're going to find out very soon that there's only one true church, the church that preaches the word of God. Amen? We, need, we live at a time where we as a church need to take a moral stand, a biblical stand. We, and if we do, we'll be ridiculed. You know that? If we do, we'll be called a racist. If we do, we'll be called homophobic and sexist. But that's the world in which we live. People don't understand, but the Word of God calls us to, 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 to stay, take a stand against these things. We can't just let things happen as they're happening anymore in the world. Our world. Our world. Paul said to reprimand these preachers sternly. Why? If you're ever going to win people to Christ Jesus, we are not going to win them by compromising the Word of God. We're not. Verse 14 goes on to say, They must stop listening to Jewish myths and the commands of people who have turned away from the truth. These ungodly Christians were very difficult of Titus to deal with. And look at verse 15. It says, Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and their consciousness are corrupted. that everybody else is gossiping. An adulterer thinks, oh, everybody else is doing it. I might as well do it myself. A, a, a cheat thinks everyone else is a cheat. Why? Because they judge others by their own actions. If I'm doing it, everybody else must be doing it. But they're impure, Paul says. And they assume that everybody else is impure. And the Bible says, because even their minds and consciousness are corrupted. But verse, look what else he says in verse 16. He says this. Such people claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless, and for, for doing anything good. In the time in which we live, is it is important that we, as followers of Christ, as followers of Jesus, preach, teach, and live the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? We cannot afford to compromise this precious word. Are we Bible believers or not? Do we believe it from Genesis to Revelation, or do we pick and choose what we believe? We must Preach the word, live the word, preach the word, share the word. In our pulpits, in our homes, and in our lives, we must be the people of God who live by the word of the Lord. Amen? And it starts in the pulpit, but it goes throughout us all. 
the people of God. We claimed it, we sang it, let's give him glory for this. Amen? Bow your heads with me. Father God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we stand, I stand in this pulpit as, as others have before me. And all of us ministers stand on the shoulders of those that have gone before us, oh God. Men and women who, who stood up for the gospel of Jesus Christ and did not compromise. I was fortunate enough as a young man to go to school and there were still some great men and women of God teaching at SEC at the time or Vanguard now that had gone through the battles that have stood firm on the word of God there are those that, that once preached on the other side of the tracks because the kind of gospel we preach is no one wanted to hear only those that were hurting only those that were downtrodden only those that did not live on the good side of the tracks but I'm so thankful for those people that did not compromise the word I pray that we as Life Center Church would never compromise the word. We, we got to reach the world, Lord God, but they got to understand that this is the living word of God. This is the word that liberates us. This is the word that sets us free. This is the word that gives us eternal life. And may every preacher that ever stands in this pulpit be based on the word of God. May our lives be such that we stand on the word. Even in spite of what the world is preaching, Lord God, let us be people of the word. Help us, oh God. Help us to be that kind of people. And as we train young men and women, as we train them in, at TCMI, as we train them in our Bible schools, may, we, may they understand, these young ministers, Lord, they got to preach the word, the whole word of God, and nothing less. And in that, they will honor you. Oh, blessed is your name. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll help us, each one here, to understand who we are as we stand before you. Right this morning, Lord God, maybe you're speaking to someone's heart and saying, I've been compromising.
Thanks for joining us. For more information on Life Center Church and our ministries, visit lifecenterchurch.com.